Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research. With me today is staff writer researcher, Nikki Henderson. Hi, Nikki. Hello, Alex. You had the opportunity to chat with Luis Lopez, CIO at the Department of Education. How'd that go? Oh, it went wonderful. Alex, we, we had a good discussion about the zero trust architecture that the Department of Education is implementing. And he also talked a lot about customer experience and how important that is. And, and that's one of their main focuses right now. So we we had a good talk. And I believe that this was Louise's first podcast appearance. Yes, it was. I couldn't believe it. But I have to say, he did an amazing job. Uh, you wouldn't have known. That's great. So the Department of Education is one of the leading agencies to implement a zero trust architecture. Did Luis talk about some of his plans for advancing zero trust across education? Yes, he did. Uh, Luis said that the Department of Education actually recently received funding from the Technology Modernization Fund to implement their Zero Trust Architecture, or ZTA. And he said he's been working also with DOE's Chief Security Information Officer, Stephen Hernandez, to implement ZTA. Luis said so far, DOE has already introduced 95% of Secure Access Service Edge, or SASE, into their environment as part of ZTA. So this is actually a really, really big accomplishment. And he said, since they're cloud-based now, they're much more secure. And he also said that DOE is working to get Security Orchestration Automation Response, or SOAR, which is the incident response, which is kind of like that next piece of ZTA that they will be addressing. Wow, 95%. That is very impressive. So one of the goals of DOE's strategic plan is to fully execute the 21st Century Integrated Digital Experience Act to improve customer experience. How is Louise aiming to make education's digital services more accessible and user-friendly? Well, Alex, Luis told me off the top here, he said customer experience is front and center at DOE. Luis said that DOE is looking to modernize their public websites at .gov. And get this, he said they've already removed over 80% of their no-use content from their website. So they're only moving what people are really interested in to their new website. So Oh, and he also told me that they have around 16 million users a year. So they want to definitely focus on that positive user experience. They want people to feel like they got really got something out of it. And he wants people to really rush and be excited about revisiting the website because they enjoyed their experience so much. Yeah, 16 million people is a lot of people to design for. Very important. Did Luis outline some of DOE's tech priorities for this year? He did, Alex. But one of the main things that he talked about while outlining those tech priorities was the main focus for DOE is going to be customer service. He said it comes in all different ways. He said that um, for a while there, 
from one to 24, they were number 23 in customer service area, which is pretty low. So he said they had a lot of work to do and they, and they've continued to work hard at this. And he said now they're in the single digits. So he was very proud of that. Um, he said another thing besides customer service is the hybrid experience. He said it's very, very important to DOE. And he said before the pandemic, they averaged about 60,000 calls a month. And he said now they're averaging 700,000 calls a month. So due to the uptick, he said they want to continue to modernize the hybrid experience. And he said from the hybrid standpoint, he wants it to feel like if you're in the office or whether you're at home, it feels like everyone is still all together. So that's the goal. Yeah, that sense of community is so important in this digital age that we live in. Well, with all of that in mind, let's take a listen to your conversation. Luis, to start us off, could you tell us a little bit about your journey to government and what drew you to the education mission? Sure. Um, and first of all, thank you for having me. This is, as I mentioned, this is my first podcast. So I, I'm really excited about this. So I, I, I joined um, as a contractor in the government in 2008 at National Naval Medical Center. It's now Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, but I was there as a front desk at, at the help desk, um, creating active directory accounts and progressed my way through that for about seven years in that space. But I, I really enjoyed the mission there. Um, I, I, for, for a while, I never thought that I would leave military medicine. In 2010, I did become a government employee, uh, but I really enjoyed the, the, the mission of military medicine, providing cares, uh, patient care to our, our military folks, their families and their beneficiaries. Um, obviously, we're going through a uh, you know, a war during that time. So, you know, seeing our wounded warriors, I really love the, the ability to give, you know, that we gave back to our our, our folks there and, and, the, and the care there. Um, in about 2015, I, I left there and I went to Defense Help Agency, uh, which was a different level as far as the Echelon 2 Command. And so I supported all, you know, Army, uh, Navy, and Air Force and, and standardizing the desktop to data center. So I spent about two years there, um, but I really wanted to get back into, um, operations and, and, and being in the trenches, if you will. Uh, so I found an opportunity education. At the time, I wasn't sure how long I'd stay there, but I've now been there since July of 2017. So roughly six years coming up uh, soon in three different roles. Um, initially, branch chief of operations, uh, then director of, of operations, which was the next level above that. And more, more recently, uh, CIO since December of of, so roughly about three and a half months ago. So uh, I've loved the education department. Uh, my wife is uh, in the school system as a speech therapist. Uh, so I've grown to, you know, even further love the mission of education just to make sure that all our students and educators have access, um, inclusion, I mean, everything they need so they can get a good education. So I, I, I love this place. I love the people that I work with. It's a very it's small, but we have a great mission. Um, so I've really enjoyed my my progression and my career in government so far and education is, is really cool so far. So I appreciate it. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, very interesting to hear your journey. Well, Luis, you mentioned in 2017, you joined the uh, Department of Education. And I want to know, can you tell us a little bit about some of the infrastructure and cloud modernization efforts that education has been undergoing and what's next for education and its modernization journey? Sure. And, and so 2017, I joined, we were just about underway 
um, in a big transition. Um, my predecessor, Jason Gray, he did a wonderful job as CIO. He's at US um, AID now. We were, we were going from a, a legacy 12-year contract uh, to a brand new contract, which actually was consisted of six different ones. Um, so we were getting rid of data centers, right, on-prem. We we're going to more cloud. Uh, so we've been able to get to that point. Uh, we've done modernization. You know, we've revamped all our mobile devices, all our, our end-user devices, uh, printers, infrastructure, um, all that good stuff. Portfolio portfolio rationalization has all been great. Um, cybersecurity, uh, Stephen Hernandez, our CISO, has done a wonderful job, which I'll, I'll touch on ZTA a little bit later. But um, there's a lot of efforts that we've done from an infrastructure, infrastructure standpoint. But now we're at a point now where we have too much cloud, right? We Cloud is where we wanted to get to, uh, but now we need to govern our, our cloud instances to make sure that one, they're efficient, we can get our, our users what they need. Hopefully they can come to us with, with a menu and say, hey, I'm looking to accomplish this, what are my options? Um, and we don't wanna you know, direct them into only one cloud environment. We wanna give them sort of a cloud brokerage standpoint. Uh, so, but we wanna make sure we govern that and there's not too much of it. So one of my, one of my sort of efforts gonna be is, you know, making sure that we we minimize. And I can't tell you how many instances we have, but we have way too many. So that's something that we're going to work on through our, our portfolio and through our governance processes, the infrastructure standpoint. But we're doing some really cool things. As I mentioned, ZTA, we're one of the um, you know leading agencies in getting that situated. Um, so I'm really excited about the work that we're doing across the board, operationally, cybersecurity, and, and from a portfolio rationalization perspective. Wow. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of great things on the horizon. And actually you're just mentioning um, ZTA. So I, I know that you have played a key role in making a longer term move to a zero trust architecture network. Can you please talk a little bit more about some of your priorities for advancing zero trust across education? So, so absolutely. Um, you know, just, just a year and some change ago, we, we had submitted a request to uh, the Technology Modernization Fund Board uh, to get some funding to do ZTA. Um, we, you know, uh, Stephen, as I mentioned, Hernandez or CISO is the co-chair of the CISO Council across government. So he's very passionate and does a lot of great work. And as of last week, I think we've already um, introduced 95% of, of SASE um, into our environment as part of ZTA. Uh, so, you know, our legacy VPN has, has been shifting to, to the left and we're, we're trying to get rid of it. Um, and we can already say that we're in our cloud base, we're more resilient, uh, we're more secure. And from a user experience standpoint, I mean, people are coming up to me and saying, by the way, this new solution is great. I log into my laptop every day. I don't have to press any buttons to log into the VPN. It's already connected and it's five times faster. Um, so we're working on that aspect of, of, of completing that. Um, but we're also looking to get to uh, the next piece, which is uh, SOAR. And, and we already have a plan for that. Um, so we're looking to introduce that and, and you know, give the DepSec and the Secretary all the great things that we're doing from that standpoint. But ZTA is, is something we're, we're very excited about, and, and we're, we're proud to be one of the leading agencies in implementing ZTA across um, all of government. And so we've actually been to a couple forums where other agencies have come to us and say, you know, give us your, give us your, your roadmap, give us your playbook on how you've implemented ZTA so far up to this point and why it's been successful. And you know, I'm, 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 that's always a proud moment as a CIO to have other folks come up to us and say, let's collaborate, let's see what you've done well, um, and just have that bilateral conversation. Oh, wow, that's great. Um, you said just last week that uh, SASE was introduced into, the, uh, into your DTA environment. That's awesome. Well, what was that other uh, program you mentioned? You said SOAR? 
Sure, uh, sore. Yeah, that's um, that that's more of the incident response uh, a piece of it. But that that that's something that is uh, so it's security orchestration, automation, response, um, and that's the other piece of, of ZTA that we're looking to do. Um, but that's going to enhance the effectiveness and efficiency of our incident response uh, for the department. Oh, okay, awesome. That's wonderful. Well, Luis, um, the Department of Education and the Office of Federal Student Aid in particular are high-impact service providers that millions of Americans interface with. And one of the goals of the Department of Education's strategic plan is to fully execute the 21st Century Integrated Digital Experience Act to improve customer experience for educational services that are available to the public. How are you aiming to make education's digital services more accessible and user-friendly? Now, I appreciate the question. And that's something that's been um, front and center for us uh, at the Department of Education. I actually meet with the chief of staff and the deputy secretary on a monthly basis to discuss just that. Um, and one of the things we're looking to do is modernize our public website, so ed.gov. It's been a while since we've done any work on that. I mean, there are three legacy content management systems that are involved in that. We're looking to, to obviously modernize that, get to a, a more website governance. We have already re removed 86% of little to no use content from our website. We wanna make sure whatever we're moving to the new website is actually something that folks are interested in. Um, so throughout the next 12 to 18 months, that's something that we're gonna be focused on is modernizing our, our website, but not just from a look and feel, right? That's really important aesthetically, but we want our, our, our public which is roughly 16 million users a year that visit our website to come there and say, whether you're a student, a parent, an educator, or someone that has a stake with, within you know, education, to have an, a nice educational journey within our website. They, we want them to come to our website and feel like they got something out of it and they want to come back. And so that's something we're really focused on from a user experience perspective. Um, we know part of the, the uh, the president's management agenda, that's a very big piece of customer experience to the public. So we're very mindful of that. Um, we're, we're working with FSA to make sure at some point do we get to the transactional piece of, of websites. But there's so much work that we're doing there to make sure that the American public enjoys coming to our website. So that's that's one big effort that, that we're looking into basically modernizing for us. Great. Well, Luis, are there any tech priorities or initiatives that are underway currently at the Department of Education that you're trying to accomplish for 2023 in particular? So, so a, a couple of different things, right? I mean, I, I certainly have different focus areas as it relates to, you know, cybersecurity, governance, operations, uh, uh, employee health, um, and things like that. But my main focus is customer service. It's very important to the secretary and to the deputy secretary and customer service comes in different ways, right? It's not just throwing metrics out there and saying, hey, we met all your service level agreements, we're doing great. And I can tell you that in the last three years, um, we were ranked 23 out of 24 out of CFO Act agencies from customer service. We were not doing so well. And over the last three years, we have progressed into the single digits in the six uh, areas, uh, not all of them, but most of them. And so that customer service aspect where a, a customer, uh, one of my our staff, Turn on the computer and it's a commodity, right? It's like you turn your water on at home, you turn your light on, it should just work. So we want to make sure we 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 continue to do that. Now, another different piece that, that's very important is the hybrid experience. Um, so you know, before the pandemic, we were averaging about 60,000 calls a month as as you know, whether Skype or Teams. Now that sounds like a lot, 4,000 people, but it's not. That's like one call per person per day. Now we're averaging 700,000 calls. Um, so it's quite a bit of, of an uptick there. 
So I want to make sure that we continue to modernize the experience from a hybrid standpoint, that if you're in the office, if you're at home, it feels like you're all together. Because I could tell you that before, you know, th this hybrid experience, a lot of people didn't use IT. I mean, they were in meetings physically and personally, but now they've, they're so dependent upon the IT system. So I want to make sure that that customer experience is, is exactly what they deserve, which is work, which is world class. Oh, wow. That, that's amazing. I'm so glad to hear that you guys are, are making um, progress in your customer service area. That That's wonderful. Louise, before we conclude, I just wanted to know, do you have any final comments or remarks that you would like to leave with our listeners? No, just that, you know, we care for, we're, we're, we try to be very mindful of taxpayer dollars and being good stewards of taxpayer dollars. We want to make sure that we're continuing to modernize our, our environment, but at the same time, making sure that we're spending less, there's more, you know, a cost avoidance and, and we're mindful of that. Um, so that's something that I'm, I, I care about every single day. I care about, um, you know, uh, making sure that once again, this is a commodity, uh, but then I'm dedicated to, to you know, the folks that have put their trust in me. Um, the American public, the secretary, the department, uh, to make sure that one, not only are we providing the, the services that we need, um, but that I care about the people as well, that we cannot accomplish what we need to do without our workforce and, and, and you know, reskilling our folks, you know, as, as time progresses, new things come out and making sure that we're taking care of them um, as a leader is very, very important. Thank you, Nikki. Before we let our listeners go, are there any last takeaways or highlights from your conversation with Luis that you want to leave our listeners with? Yes, Alex. Luis just kept stressing really throughout our entire conversation. He just talked about the user experience. He said DOE is dedicated to making sure the user experience is excellent. He also talked about taking good care of the workforce, their workforce, and he said it's so important for them to continue to make progress on their zero trust journey. So those are some of the key things that they are focused on over at DOE. Great. I mean, we said it before, but zero trust is a journey, <laughs> much like education and really anything in our lives. So it's important that we don't treat it as a one size fits all solution and rather as a mindset. So Nikki, thank you so much for joining me today. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new GovCast. But until then, that's all for today's episode. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice and subscribe. I'm Alexander Bolova. And I'm Nikki Henderson. Thank you for listening. GovCast, along with HealthCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.